0: It's the final hour of the Fan Morning Show on a Friday. You know the vibes are high. Gunner's been filling in for the last four days. Appreciate it, man. You're almost out. You're almost off the hook.
1: Always love. Always love being on with you guys. It's been a blast. Always fun. Really Thanks for appreciate having it. me.
0: And it's our our Friday. Countdown to the weekend, so send in your wake and rake picks at five ninety five ninety. Raptors on the road against the Sixers tonight. We can do a little look ahead at the Final Four, which is this weekend. Stepping towards the actual Final Four, which I believe is Monday night, the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a lot of fun things if you're Neil to look at. Um, I'm sure he's got some creative picks for us today. So five ninety five ninety, send those in. We'll get to that um, at our eight thirty block. But before all that. Our final guest of the week, our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit donvalleynorthlexus.com, Caitlin McGrath, Blue Jays reporter at The Athletic, joining us on the road in St. Louis. How's it going, Caitlin? It's good. How are you? We're good. We're, we're talking about an undefeated Toronto Blue Jays team. <laughs> That's all you can ask for at this point. Uh, but you got an off day today, and I wanted to know, what does somebody do on an off day in St. Louis in the pouring rain?
2: Good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I was contemplating, you know, checking out the arch today. It's not oh, too far from my hotel. Okay. Um, I think it's so a big arch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw it from the ballpark. I've walked past it a few times but not got, gotten up close. And I think it's like the thing here. Okay. Um, you yeah. know, so Wonder, I wanted you, to go see it. Do
1: you, I mean, I guess the answer is you would have found this out while you're there. Do you... Do you just look at it? Do you Is know there if there's an anything part? to do? Like
2: the Eiffel no, Tower? No, Apparently, you can go up inside it. Okay. Yeah, go up. I'm sold. That's cool. Now we're
0: talking. There's probably some nice, like, art galleries. We thought you're the type of person that would just, like, maybe read a book by, like, a fireplace. I think you had some options. But um, there was a lot of excitement around. Yesterday was a beautiful day for opening day baseball. Um, St. Louis has a really great stadium. They had, you know, they've got pretty nice jerseys. It's aesthetically pleasing. And a lot of red, white, and America. Uh, But what did you think when that anthem Singer rolls out, and it's Adam Wainwright hitting the mic.
2: <laughs> it's so funny. I actually like um Obviously, uh, he was uh, standing beside me in the uh, press box, and I turned to him and I was like, "Is this? Is this happening? Is this real?" <laughs> and he was like, "This is actually happening," and I couldn't believe it. Like, I didn't. I thought it was like maybe like a joke, mm-hmm. or like maybe they were going to like then bring out someone else or something, and he was just going to do it with them. Um, but, you know, one thing is, like, I don't I don't think the Cardinals joke, like, not on opening day. So <laughs> once I realized that, I was like, no, actually, he's singing. He was pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah, good for him. And uh, what a way to go out, like, tell your own story. That, that franchise has kind of been saying goodbye to an entire generation over the past couple of years. Uh, so kind of nice for him that, you know, last year was so much about Yachty and, and Pujols, rightfully so. Kind of nice that he got to have uh, his moment, I'm sure, uh, the first of, of many this year. You know, we'd spent... Uh, uh, we spent the beginning of our conversation today talking about the things that concerned us because there were a lot, but let's flip the script. Let's talk about the positive here uh, to to start things off. Uh, Bo Bichette, there's negative to talk about too, but we'll start with the positive for him. Uh, looking great at the dish. This is a guy who's always been extra aggressive. There are going to be days where he goes up there and he's hacking away and it doesn't work out for him. But man, uh, you saw the best possible version of Bichette at the plate yesterday, didn't we, Caitlin?
2: Yeah, I think so. And you've seen that all spring. And we saw that last year to end the season. And it just seems like he's really gotten so comfortable with who he is. And I think he had to go through some growing pains last year. I think there was times where he was trying to be a player that he thought he was supposed to be. Um, And he just kind of realized, I just got to be who I am. And as you say, yeah, sometimes it's maybe not going to look pretty if he's up there hacking away, but he kind of knows what he's doing up there. Um, I think that's what we all have to remember. He has a plan, even though maybe sometimes it doesn't look like it. It, He does. And I think the best he's at is when he's doing exactly what He thinks he should do up there. And most of the time it's going to work. And I really am expecting a great year from him. In fact, I predicted a batting title and, you know, some of that is because some of the people that have left the AL and gone over to the NL. um, But I really think like he has the ability to put up like, um, you know, a 300 average season and really, really rack up the hits. He's done that the last Mm -hmm. two years.
0: I was going to ask you about your bold predictions article because I, I had a blast reading it. You definitely mentioned the Looney Dogs, which uh, is very important for me in my conversations on the radio. But uh, that one looks like it's going to age well, at least. Um, there's a couple of cool ones that you, you brought to attention, um, especially with Vladdy's 50 home runs, uh, Bo the AL batting title, and some optimism around Kikuchi and Gosman. But if we're talking pitching, let's go to Alec Manoa, who got the ball. He got the start. Um, the accolade that hopefully we get to see uh, maybe another shot at when he has the opening day or the home opener in about two weeks. But Manoa, I don't think it's it's too much of a stretch to say that that wasn't the um, outing that we won from him or himself. But do you think it's the moment being too big for Manoa, especially when you look back at the way that the wild card series went as well? And those are two big spots for a young guy that didn't deliver.
2: Yeah, I don't totally... Buy into that yet? I mean, it's such a small sample size. Um, they're talking about big games and, mm-hmm. and that, but you know, I think he just wasn't as sharp as he could be. And it's interesting; it seemed to be, or at least John Schneider, kind of identified maybe the slider was the issue, leaving it up too much. Um, he said the, the fastball looked really good, and you know, looking at the velocity, it was good to see that it was back up where we know it should be um based on what he did last year obviously in spring I think it was a touchdown but there didn't seem to be any worry about it just because I think that Manoa in particular um he seemed to really I wouldn't say bored by spring this year but he seemed really itchy to get to the season Mm. and so once that adrenaline is going and you're really laying it out um I think the velocity was right there but yeah I mean it was interesting I thought Manoa had a good good attitude after the game and that you know he just was happy that the team got the win and he didn't seem overly concerned with his pitching in the sense that he said the adjustments will be easy basically just saying he left too many you know bad pitches right over the plate and that's a good lineup over um yeah. in st louis like they are they are probably almost maybe an underrated lineup maybe i, I know i'm guilty of this of not maybe studying the nl teams as, as closely as the al team so sometimes i kind of forget about some of the good lineups um in the national league but the cardinals like when you look up and down it's like it's you know it's similar to the blue jays where you look like you don't really get much of a break so that's a good lineup and i think we have to put that in perspective too yeah, he's a
0: confident guy. I have no doubt that he's going to be able to shake that off. And he's got to start in between this one and the home opener, as I mentioned. But uh, we had Jeff Blair on at seven, and listening to him talk about it post game as well. He mentioned the pitch calm maybe being something that threw Manoa off or throws off pitchers here with the with the adjustments. Uh, did you see that as well? And is it something that they they move off of and, and allow the catcher to start the one to be the one that calls pitches?
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't, he didn't talk about uh, pitch calm specifically after yesterday's game, but I know throughout spring there was some adjustment periods with pitchers. And, you know, I know Chris Bassett as well. He throws so many pitches, which is different than Manila but, um, you know, he kind of was figuring out the pitch calm too. And so I do think that that is going to be an adjustment period for the pitchers and teams in general, figuring out if the pitcher's going to call it, if the catcher's going to call it. I mean, the time is a factor with that I think because once you're getting set and you're calling pitches you can't really shake that many times before you're just going to run out of time uh and then you're going to have to have the catcher call a timeout and then you're using timeout and so there's there is a lot more to kind of think about with the pitch clock and so I don't think the Blue Jays are going to be alone in the fact that they're going to have to sort of go trial and error a little bit with the pitch calm to see how it works um so yeah maybe Manoa after this goes back to Kirk calling it exclusively maybe they find a middle ground um and I would say probably for a few of the Blue Jays pitchers and maybe in general you're going to see some of that like give and take a little bit with the pitch calm.
1: Yeah, this is something that'll get figured out as the year goes on. And like you said, the Blue Jays are far from the only team that's going to be dealing with it. Do you think there's anything at play in terms of ego one way or another and wanting to be the guy who calls the game? I mean, obviously, if you're a bat catcher, I mean, Alejandro Kirk gets by because of his bat, but you know, he's a capable catcher as well. But if you're a pitcher, I imagine there's a little something into, yeah, I like to call my own game. I like to be out here in control of that. Do you think ego plays, uh, plays a part in it at all? And do you think that that's just part and part of kind of finding the right mix as the season goes along?
2: Um, you know, I, I don't know about ego. I mean, I think it's just... Up to I don't, mean it, I don't mean
1: it as a negative thing. It's like, you know, sometimes it can be a case of, yeah, I'm confident in what I do, and I want to be the one in control. Like, ego, sometimes I, I don't mean it to have a negative connotation.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought. I mean, I, I do... I haven't really deeply talked about pitch comm with the pitchers and catchers, so I'm sort of just speaking, maybe speculating or trying to speak based on what I would assume or informed opinion here. But I mean, I know like with Bassett, for example, like he just throws a lot of different pitches. Um, I know like someone joked, like, he throws like thirty or forty pitches. It's not that many, but it's a lot. And so for him, like, it's almost impossible for um a catcher like Jansen right now, who's still getting to know him, to maybe call the game because if you know, Bassett is kind of known in years prior to shaking a lot, and when there was no pitch clock, that was okay to do as he goes through all the pitches that he wants, but now he can't do that, and so I think he has to be more at the forefront of calling the game because ultimately it is going to be him deciding. Um, you know, there's some like a Kikuchi type, um, this year pro- pro- probably follow. Jansen's lead a little bit more. So I think it kind of just depends on the pitcher too Um, and, like, where they're at in their careers, how they pitch, how many pitches they have. And you're right, like, maybe it does come down to some of their experience or their ego in the sense of them knowing themselves really well and kind of knowing what they want to do up there. Like Gosman's a guy who he doesn't throw that many pitches and his, his um, approach is usually fairly like similar in the sense that, you know, he's got his out pitch with a splitter, he goes fastball up, and then he throws on the slider a few times. So he's probably maybe can, you know, maybe they can go both ways with him because there's not many pitches to choose from. And he's got usually a pretty solid game plan to go by.
0: We got Caitlin McGrath on the line, Blue Jays reporter at The Athletics. So a lot of positives as well, offensively, to say the least. George Springer uh, making some history, five hits on opening day, four runs scored. He looks like the healthy George Springer of our dreams, not only at the plate, but in the outfield. What would you make of George Springer's debut this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a great—you couldn't ask for a much better <laughs> a debut, honestly. Like, obviously, the elbow is 100% healthy there. And it was funny after the game, um, you know, Schneider was kind of joking about the guys, um, you know, giving uh, Springer a bit of a hard time. Because some of his hits kind of were like little bloops and stuff. But, um, you know, Springer said after the game something like sometimes it better be lucky than good. Um, And that's what it looked like in that game, right? Like he, you know, he looked good. He also got a little bit of luck. I thought in the outfield he looked excellent. I think that, you know, sometimes you don't know how quick you're going to see some of the things that Blue Jays tried to put in place. Um, over the off season, Sometimes baseball is weird. You just like, don't see any of these plays. I swear we saw every little element that, <laughs> you know, that the Blue Jays tried to put into their um, team this year. We saw really great defense in the outfield from all three of them, um, whether it was you know, Springer making that diving catch. You had Kiermeyer making a diving catch. You had Bar Show kind of hitting the cutoff man and cutting off balls and looking really good on left field. You had excellent base running, again, by Kiermaier. Um, you had all these guys doing all those little things. You had great at-bats. You had long at-bats. You had Whit Merrifield taking a walk in the ninth, uh, a key walk there. And so you saw, like, all these things that we've been talking about all off season. you know, improved defense, uh, improved speed, different approaches, all this kind of stuff. And we saw it all in game one, which I thought was like, uh uh-uh. It kind of made it easy to write a story, I guess.
1: Yeah, it really was. And the athleticism on display there, not just defensively, but kind of running the bases as well, uh, a lot, a lot to like. Uh, even Vladdy, you know, it, it comes via sack fly, but he gets a big, well, not a knock, but doing what he needs to do uh, at the at the tail end of the game. You know, even Vladdy defensively, he made the great play uh, to get to that ball at first and then throw home instead of trying for the double up at first base there. Uh, just really, really nice uh, to, to see uh, the one, well, there were other areas is a concern. We talked about Manoa. We talked about Bo's defense. Uh, some pieces of the bullpen uh, not uh, having the debut they'd want. Bass not great out there. Uh, Garcia struggling as well. But on the other side of things, you know, Pop looking really comfortable. Romano looking good. Uh, is that just going to be the kind of dance we're going to see with this Blue Jays bullpen all season long of trying to find the right pieces on on any given day? Because I don't think it's quite as bad as we make it out to be at times, but they're, they're, they do seem a couple pieces sor- short of a great bullpen.
2: Yeah, I mean there was guys like you said that came out and looked great. I thought Swanson as well and his Bougie's debut looked excellent. Um really cruising there. So and then the Garcia thing was so strange because he had a great spring. Um and he was like hitting I think someone said he hit 98 yesterday um, which is impressive. And so, you know, I don't know, like that was a kind of a strange game and you had some of the guys coming out of the bullpen, like you said, looking really, really sharp and some other guys not so much. Sometimes that's just how it goes with the bullpen. Um, you know, I thought maybe in a different game, if there had been a game that same maybe you should not you know, Schneider would have kept popping a little longer or kept Swanson in a little longer. Maybe there would have been less changes, uh, but because of the off day, it was kind of like, okay, we can use all our guys here a little bit. Um, obviously, the starter not going deep also impacts it as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean... To your point, I mean, I think probably every team, with the exception of maybe a few bullpens that are elite, are probably always one or two pieces away from a great bullpen. Like, that just seems how bullpens are. Like, you're always – it's the one area in baseball where I think you can always always bet on – Tinkering with it because it's just it's just that kind of thing. Like the fact that relievers can fluctuate greatly between seasons. Um, the fact that sometimes when you're signing guys, you don't really know. You can make an informed decision of how they're going to be, but sometimes you don't really know because again, there's so much fluctuation between years with relievers sometimes. And so I think you take the good of it. Romano looked, you know, really good, and that's what you really want to see, especially in a game like that where it had been so back and forth. And you know, if the if the Cardinals had tied it. You would just thought like, here we go again um, with that game. And so I think you take the good and you just hope that some of the guys, maybe there was jitters, like maybe it was, you know, the first real game, trying to get their legs under them. And kind of hope that some of the guys that have a track record in the Blue Jays bullpen, and there are a lot of them, um, kind of revert back to what their norms have been.
1: Fan Morning Show, Brent Cutting, Alish Forfar here talking to Caitlin McGrath of The Athletic uh, from St. Louis as the Blue Jays get set for tomorrow's game, day off today. I want to be clear, I think the answer to this question is no. But do we get too bogged down in the idea of the Jays just don't have a freak of nature throwing 103 in the back end of the pen? Because look, the Cards had those guys and it didn't work out very well for them at the tail end of the game yesterday. I do think that is the thing this team needs to go get one of these guys, if not two, who can ramp it up there over 100. I just think it's such an important element. But do we get too bogged down in the idea of that 100 plus velo in the bullpen? Or like I believe this to be the case, it actually is really, really important to have.
2: I'll probably fall somewhere in the middle of that. Um, I can see I can see the side that it, where it's needed, and it is a huge asset if you have a guy that can just flow past guys up there. But at the same time, I mean hitters see good velocity now, and hitters can hit hundred. like you know, they're very, very good now, and it's so I think that it's not the beyond end all of a good reliever because if you're throwing hundred but you're throwing it down the middle, Um, you know, a lot of guys are going to be able to catch up to that. And so the control is a big thing. Um, When you look at a guy like Nate Pearson, I mean, that's, I think, what will be the key for him and how he'll be able to maybe be that guy for the Blue Jays. Obviously, he can throw 100. We saw him do it in spring. Uh, But it's kind of a matter of command and control for him. You know, can he throw it not just in the zone, but in the zone in the right spots? Can he get his fastball up? Um, so guys are swinging through it because that's going to be really key. Because he obviously has the curveball, he has a few other pitches that he can use. But you know, a reliever kind of goes with his fastball a lot of the time. And with Pearson, when you have a hundred, you really want to use that to your advantage. I think there are a few guys in the Blue Jay system beyond Pearson that can get up there. I know um, some of the younger prospects. Um, you know, Zulueta, we saw him in spring a little bit. He can get up to the upper nineties uh, for sure. Um, and so, you know, there are some guys in the blue who can maybe be that they don't have anyone, you know, right now, other than, you know, Jordan throws in the high nineties, um, obviously as the closer, but yeah, I think to answer your question, I'm kind of in the middle on that one. I don't think, it, I think it could be useful. Um, but I don't know that it's like the, you know, magic fix that, like you said, everybody maybe thinks it is.
1: Okay, so I heard what you said, and it's going to sound like I wasn't listening based on the question I'm about to ask, but how far away is this Zuvaleta? He is the one guy in the system that we keep hearing about. <laughs> is there a belief he could be in the mix? Uh, I know he had some injury troubles that kind of took him out of last year until the tail end of the season. Uh, you know, in terms of a prospect coming up, obviously Tiedemann is the pitcher most people are looking at eventually down the road. But do, do you have any idea on a potential roadmap for Zuvaletta and what the plan could be for him this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's on the 40-man, which is usually a good sign that they're on track to eventually be seen in the major leagues. Um, And I think with him, it'll just be about kind of command and refining that in AAA and being able to, you know, rack up the strikeout there, get a lot of outs, um, you know, make sure he's throwing all his pitches. But I think it really will come down to command with him. I mean, he has had some issues there, you know, a lot of walks and stuff like that. Um, I think the Blue Jays like his stuff, though. And honestly, like, even last year, he if he hadn't had some of the injury things um, that happened with him, especially late in the year, we honestly might have seen him last year. Like, he was kind of, you know, in in the mix there to be called up. Um, and it didn't happen, but then he got put on the 40 man and he spent some time with the team in spring and he definitely flashed his stuff. And I think, you know, he impressed some of the pitching coaches and stuff, but yeah, it'll be about just kind of refining that, that stuff, um, and really commanding his pitches because in AAA, sometimes you can get away with that. Um, but in the major leagues, like guys aren't going to be swinging as much at pitches out of the zone. So you really have to refine that command before, you know, you want to call them up.
0: Caitlin, your last two articles at The Athletic um, talked about some of the finer things that the Blue Jays are working on, sweating the details, um, setting the tone all spring, and then capitalizing that uh, from meaningless games to real games yesterday. Just the level of attention and detail that this team has taken in the offseason and in spring training, and what are some tiny tidbits that you saw when you got an opportunity to see that up close and personal?
2: Yeah, I mean it's just it's just talking to them. Um, every conversation is kind of about how they have spent the entire spring, just being so focused, just kind of embracing um, those you know things that you can do in baseball games that are in the margins that can make a difference. Um, you know, going first to third, um, you know, hitting the cutoff man, uh, throwing to the right base, like all these little things um that you can do that don't show up in the box score that um can make a difference and so I mean you saw it throughout spring and just the way that they were even playing spring games I mean I wrote this in the article there was you know that play in one of the final games in Dunedin um where Varsho hit Chapman and then Chapman threw home and they got the out um and you saw like Manoa react as if it was like you know a playoff game um you know I wrote about how the pitchers in their PFP practice, basically instituted this kind of rule that if a guy messed up, he would have to put five dollars in a pot, and then at the end of camp, they uh, distributed that um, those that money to support staff at the PDC. Um, and so it was just like little, you know, those are little examples, but I think honestly, it was just like it was talking to guys and asking them about it about it and they're just conviction and they're almost like excitement to talk about that. I mean, I think in some ways it's almost like the team is kind of reached another level of, you know, maturity in the majors in the sense that now it's almost like fun to do those things. It's like, they've conquered hitting the home runs and they've conquered like doing all that kind of stuff. And now it's like to, to make a difference. And I talked to Don Mattingly about this. It's like, if you're a team that has been great, like, how do you take the next step to be championship level? And it, it has to come in those small things because, you know, a lot of the good teams do hit home runs and a lot of the teams can hit for power and can pitch well, and they have all those things. So you, to separate yourself, you have to do something else. And even talking to Brandon Bowd, I asked them like point blank, like, okay, you've won two world series. Like, is it, is it the little things like, are is that what helped the Giants win those two world series? And he, like, without hesitation, was, like, absolutely. Like, basically, he put it, like, he felt like on the Giants in those years. They basically just outlasted other teams in the sense that they didn't make a mistake first. And if they didn't make a mistake first and they just waited for the other team to make a mistake, they took advantage. And so, obviously, that's where the Blue Jays are at. They want to be the team that's not making the mistake. And they want to be the team that is tough to play. And can capitalize when another team makes a mistake. They don't want to be the ones that are getting thrown out of the bases anymore, or throwing to the wrong base, or doing any of the stuff that we've seen of them in the past. Like they kind of want to be the team that make does everything right. And at the end of the day, they can you know feel satisfied even if they don't get the win every time, but knowing that they're playing sort of the right way.
0: One last one for you here, and it kind of ties in perfectly to this level of seriousness or this different different approach that they've taken. You have uh, in one of your 10 bold predictions, John Schneider winning manager of the year. And I also thought that that was a a great bold prediction that I made yesterday. Um, I wonder how much of this you see from John Schneider and his first full season, uh, his first spring training with the Blue Jays, and how much of this is a trickle effect from the top down on how the players are responding differently this year.
2: I think it starts with John Schneider, and I think it started a little bit last year. But even talking to him, like sometimes it's hard to... Um, you know, fully integrate everything you want to integrate when you're still the interim manager. Um, and I think a lot of us um, almost forgot last year that John Schneider was the interim because he just was, you know, he's doing the team was doing well. And I think a lot of us kind of assumed like he's going to be the manager, right? Like they're going to make it official, uh, it's just a matter of doing it at the end of the season. But I, I do think, and I didn't realize this, but like when you're in that position and you do have the interim tag. It is a little different. Like, they're, you know, they're they're team, but they're not totally full-year team. And obviously, he also took over midseason, in which case there's not a lot of time to institute a whole new attitude or a whole new um, sort of message when you're midseason, right? You just got to go, go, go and try to get to the playoffs. So I think this year it started with him just being like, okay, this is is his year. This is his team. um, You know, this is going to be what he wants to see this year from his team. So I think it started just like, Especially him taking over this year um his first camp and i do think yes the players are embracing it i think he's done a good job communicating not just during camp but prior to camp throughout the off season going to the leadership group on the team you know that includes uh, some of the guys that we know some of the newer guys and just you know making sure that all the players are getting the message so it really starts with communication with him and yeah i mean i do think if the blue uh, the ALEs, I think his him winning manager kind of hinges on the Blue Jays winning the ALEs. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Um, because, you know, if they come in, if they're kind of finishing the way they did last year and they get the wild card, I don't know about it. But I think if they kind of become a surprise to win the ALEs, because I think most um, most people out there are picking the Yankees, or I guess projection systems um, use math and things I don't understand, <laughs> are picking the Yankees. And so I think like from that point of view, if the Blue Jays win the AL East, I do think you're going to see John Schneider got a lot of votes because um, you know first year manager doing all these things usually usually wins over voters.
0: I, I think you're right on it. Day one, one, uh, one win on their march towards hopefully a World Series journey for the Toronto Blue Jays. Caitlin, appreciate you joining us this today. Enjoy the arch, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: I will. I'll report back how okay, it
0: is. Perfect. Well, I'll be looking on social media. That's Caitlin McGrath, Blue Jays reporter at The Athletic, and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit dawnvalleynorthlexus.com. Confirm the Arch is the place to go.
1: So I looked into this. Oh, uh, yes. You know, not that I wasn't l- listening to Caitlin, but I wanted to it's I wanted to prep her in case. Um, I. It might be nice when you get there. But it kind of looks like being in a prison from the pictures I've seen. Oh. Um, you've seen the arch from the outside. Does it look like there are a lot of windows in that no, place? It, it, no. That's
0: why I was confused so that you could go up there. It like, what you at concrete?
1: It basically, you're peering out of little, like, it looks like you're in prison. And it's like the slot they would slide your food through is kind of what you're looking through. Just Yikes. little horizontal windows. Um, it looked like there was a nice visitor center. I'm sure there's a gift shop. So, uh I, I, here's what I will say. I don't know what's going to happen in the game tomorrow. CN Tower greater than a 100%. Arch.
0: I think
1: there's laser tag up there. You can't you can't cruise around on the top of the arch. I know that much. You can't do an edge walk on the arch. You're right. Feels like that'd be too brazen for someone in St. Louis. You They'd be slide like, down
0: oh, it. What gee if I, What if they made it a big slide?
1: That'd be cool. But I I could be wrong about this. I feel like there's probably a little, just a touch of animosity between the cards and the brewers, you know, mm. Midwest, all that. And that's their thing. Bernie Brewer with his slide when they hit a homer, so I don't think they'd like that. So actually, it'd be excellent trolling, and they should do
0: that. Uh This made me think of the CN Tower immediately because they did a lot of renovations over the last couple of years, and okay. it's nice up there.
1: I have not... I can say the last time I went was when I was terrified, terrified, terrified. crawling. Terrified. <laughs> terrified. I was terrified that I was going to fly through the glass floor when I was about eight years old. So
0: it's actually like they really put some money into making it a nice tourist spot okay. because before... They, had, they didn't have, like, floor-to-ceiling windows... But now it is—it is, no it is like this. pristine okay. walk around, obviously 360 views. I haven't eaten at that restaurant though, and people say that that's pretty cool—the revolving restaurant. Yeah. Never done that. I haven't either. But done the glass floor. I'm not—I'm not scared like now, you. Now this might be a lie. I'm not terrified of this, the glass floor. This
1: might be a lie. I have recollection of playing laser tag up there when I was a kid. I don't feel like that sounds right though. I don't feel like there'd Generally, be laser that's tag that's definitely up
0: there. some weird fever dream that okay. you had. There's probably, no way probably that there's. You know what? It prob- you know what it probably Tower.
1: occurred is when I was sitting there terrified, I was about to plummet
0: yeah, to my death on the glass You just closed your floor. eyes and tried to think of something. Imagine cool. I was playing laser tag instead of this; it'd be so cool. I mean, maybe you're thinking the light show, yeah, and sounds, fireworks. Sounds about right. But if there was laser tag at the CN Tower, we need to know in the text line five ninety five ninety. Allison did say, "I've been both in the arch and in prison." Got Is correct. <laughs> I think Allison's a lawyer I, so, yeah, No, okay.
1: I, uh, I'm pretty sure I know who that is yes. on Twitter Very much fan of her game there And okay. uh, happy to hear well, her texting she's in she's
0: been in prison and in the arch And you're on to something gutter
1: It looks grotesque, quite frankly I can't believe people Look, uh, you know what, I'm just gonna think it say costs it costs money? It better, I mean, they have staff there But it also better not They should pay you to do it Or it should be where they host Beyond Scared Straight And they're like, hey kids does this look fun to you looking out of this? This is your life if you don't figure it
0: out. How much does it cost to go to the arch? Here we go. Um, adults, too much. Guaranteed whatever
1: it is, too much.
0: Adult 16 and over. It starts at $19. Uh, that's like
1: not terrible. but Okay, hold on, hold on. Do you
0: know how much the Sand Tower is?
1: Stop the presses. This is more important. I have been... Holy vindicated no on way. the text line. Laser tag was a thing. No it was way. in the basement in the 90s. Of course there was laser in the tag basement. in the CR okay, tower. Okay, that's different. Now, Dan from the bridge says it sounds like I'm taking uh, taking acid
0: <laughs> dreaming
1: this up, but all the other texters telling me, vindicated. Not a fever dream. The it The base happened. of
0: the tower. That's way- I thought you were talking about, I'm picturing you there. What do you think, there. I'm on the edge walk? Yes. Like, pew, pew, pew. I'm picturing you with the glass windows was ripping around in there Like the basement That could, that could be anywhere No uh, Vindicated Everyone has played it Clearly in the text line People but, are fired up About laser tag I in thought the Tower. I thought
1: this was Just a classic Because we've all had These things oh, If I, wish I remember it was this just From a, dream a kid that You, you
0: would have loved To oh, make fun of me man. For that But guess what I'm wrong I'm right I wasn't alive In the early 90s But uh this I was is, barely alive this in the beautiful. early 90s. is beautiful. Laser tag in the CN Tower. This should be um a fan morning show outing. You're welcome to come. We go play a little laser tag. I think tag. they'd
1: have to rebuild it as, based on the textures. It sounds like it's no longer a thing. Bummer. But if it Bring If it, it is. Back. If it is. If it comes back, I'm there with you.
0: I actually used to be pretty not a fan of Laser Quest because I remember going when I played on my little boys hockey team and I was the only girl.
1: A lot of cheating.
0: And, no, it was terrifying. They would gang up on me (laughs) and you're just ripping around in the dark and you turn a corner and be like, zing, zing, you get shot and then you would be trying to like get out of there and you couldn't and I once got a bloody nose because I remember turning the corner into somebody's gun right in the face nose was bleeding I'm trying to exit laser tag and I can't find my way out and there's people shooting me sniping me from wherever and all you hear is (laughs) like your thing is dying and get me out of here so I kind of have like a little bit of a trauma from laser tag uh,
1: according to Jason from Newmarket as recently as three years ago it was there Wow! Wow! Maybe it's still we there. We could be. We and could be bringing I, this back. I hated laser tag because I'm a hundred feet tall, and uh, I was even a hundred feet tall when I was eight. And yeah, everybody is like crouched behind, you know, the little obstacles, and I'm crouched, but my shoulder pads are still sticking up, and just uh, yeah, laser tag's a tough time for you boy.
0: I wonder how much it was because just to get into the CN Tower, I think now is around like fifty bucks,
1: just to go up. I have no idea. I, I'm not going to pretend to know.
0: Well, those of you. That our CN Tower great. experts let us know at 590, $590. while you're at it. Send is, in your way and raise Is the laser tag still a thing? anywhere? I bet there's some little boys triple-A teams hitting up Laser Quest this weekend.
1: It would be a tough blow to the minor hockey community if Laser Tag was no longer a
0: thing. You know that the York Simcoe Express or the (laughs) Richmond Hill Stars, which I think have renamed to the Coyotes, uh, Ajax, Pickering, they're all hitting up Laser Quest this
1: weekend. little Whitby Wildcats action. Oh yeah, little
0: Caesars, Chicago Mission. (laughs) These are all my old rivals. Anyway, $5.95. Give us the Laser Quest scoop, please. This is very important. Burlington Bulldogs are a shout oh, out to really? you for my neck of the woods. Okay. There you go. Okay. Nothing better than Georgina Blaze. Okay, Wake and Rake on the other side. You got five minutes to send in your picks. We'll go through our parlay. We'll talk about Rap's Sixers tonight. The final four is approaching. We got uh women's final four tonight, men's final four Saturday, setting up the championship. We'll go through all that. And then we have live news for you. Live, laugh, love.
2: Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of actors. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. We
0: made it to the end of the week, Gunner. It's the Fan Morning Show final 20 minutes here. The Wake and Rake, Friday wrap-up, Gunner's farewell tour out the door. I think we just did more for the CN Tower's marketing team than it's been done in the last 20 years. Or maybe
1: less, because it's no longer a thing. No laser well, tag. Well, people are going to bring it I guess back, they need I think.
0: It. Like, I've never seen the text line explode like laser tag in the CN Tower. It's hot. Apparently there was something called Tour of the Universe as well, late 80s, early 90s. We've been sent a couple of links for that. Um, a couple of people saying that there's a virtual type trip you could take into the future. I would love to go back and take that to see what it thinks about 2023. Did probably, it predict Probably like, not the
1: right. Probably not right. Yeah, The Simpsons, way more accurate than any futurist uh, has, has ever been there.
0: But people are fired up about the... Talk about laser tag. I'm so
1: happy that this wasn't a fever dream I had. You were so, you were ready to Man, I was me.
0: like, you're the biggest idiot ever
1: that you think this is hey, real. Hey, might, might still be true, but not about this.
0: But I'm glad you got to experience that because this seems like an absolute blast, really. Um,
1: okay, I, we're supposed to be nice to the texters, Bradley and Toronto. We're having fun. We're not here to talk about the architectural significance of the St. Louis Arch. I'm sure it's a, it's a masterpiece, Okay. <laughs> but we're having some There's fun. There's a
0: significant and for it, for only, sure. Only
1: one has laser tag or had laser tag. That's right. If they want to get some laser tag in the arch, it can go up my in my books. Etobo- go take a look at those prison windows they have yeah. there. <laughs>
0: um, Muzzin in Etobicoke says, The Etobicoke Easy Zone... Laser tag, oh. bumper cars, stripper I actually, pole. I actually,
1: I know, I did not know about the third thing, but I know exactly where that is. Used to drive by it all the time on my way to Sherway Gardens, so uh, there you go.
0: I said to him, wow, what a family-friendly, full event. You can uh, you can get it all there. You can. Bumper cars, stripper cars, or stripper pole. <laughs> so stripper cars.
1: Drive-through uh, type of club there, <laughs> Ailish, Wow, you're on fire this morning.
0: Oh, boy, there's lots going on here. It's Friday. It's fun, fun Friday. Um, we got lots of wake and rake submissions in. We just ripped through them. Those and we'll put our parlay together, and then we can read more about Laser Quest, yes, Laser Tag. Um, okay, for me, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to the latest game of the day, <laughs> the Mariners and the Guardians. Who doesn't
1: want to stay up on a Friday night watching
0: Mariners Guardians glued to see if this to my parlay couch. hits? Okay, I'm going. <laughs> Asleep. Mariners on, yeah. I'm going Mariners <laughs> on the run line over the Guardians. It's Robbie Ray um, and Hunter Gaddis. Okay. So yep, uh, there's actually text line support for this too. So you know that like. You get one person support you, you feel good about it. I was going to say you have someone else to blame, should it not. That's true. I buffer my pick over. But yeah, Mariners on the run line, I like them just to win on the money line, but minus 157 ain't doing it for me. I'm going for plus money on a Friday night, plus 130 for Mariners on the run line tonight. Gunner, what about you?
1: Get a little greedy. Love to see that. I'm not getting greedy. I'm just going to take a nice easy dub. Mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam over 21 and a half points. Pays minus 115. He has averaged 28 a game against the 76ers this year. Three game sample size. Okay. Decent. Plays well. They're going to need him to be great. Even if they don't play well, he's going to fill it up. So I like Pascal Siakam over 21 and a half.
0: Perfect. Um, let's go through and I also like that because it's big head head to head. You you want to go up and be a superstar Yeah, and, and unlike
1: like Mariners-Guardians, I will want to watch that.
0: <laughs> it's going to
1: be the best game of the <laughs>
0: weekend for sure. Okay, good morning, Ailish and Gunner. It's Uncle Joel here again, continuing with the same principle that worked this week against a team that is at home after a lengthy road trip. It's an ugly duckling game of teams that both lost seven straight. So here's a game you want to watch. I'll take the Detroit Pistons plus six against the Houston Rockets. I'll tell you what, you'd have to pay me big money to watch this, Uncle Joel. Rockets have lost five on the road, seven overall, blah, 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 blah. I like Virginia Tech also plus one and a half in tonight's women's basketball final four. Awesome. Um have a great weekend. You as well, Gunner. And that's Uncle Joel. Okay. Uh the ball's gonna be humming tonight. Uh Jacob Pertle and OG both over one and a half assists tonight. It's Jeff and Barry. We've got really uh,
1: like OG at that number. Yes.
0: Big time. Um over twenty-three and a half points, assists, and rebounds for Jakob Pirtle versus Sixers. A bounce back game and lots of minutes against Embiid. That's Andy in Beamsville. There is a Hamlet for you. Chris from Kitchener says early MLB season is a good time for underdog plus money. He's taking White Sox on the money line.
1: They got Lance Lynn. He's going to be cussing up a storm on that mound. Love it.
0: There you go. This is Courier Chris at a rest stop in Grimsby.
1: So he, I, he, I do love him updating us. This I is love very this. good.
0: Happy yay! Congrats to all who have picked the Blue Jays on overs. Tonight, I'm going with OG over 15 and a half points. His total points in March have been over 15 minus the one game in Indiana, which he had seven. Bonus, Charles Leclerc to win fastest lap and Matt Kuchar to win versus Matt Wallace. Have a great weekend.
1: Couple of thoughts on both of those. Uh, yes. Charles Leclerc, my boy. Uh, mm-hmm. The Leafs didn't torture me enough, so I said, "Who's the best F one driver who never wins a race?" So I decided Charles Leclerc's mm-hmm. going to be my guy. So love that there. He's uh, a little cutie, and uh, he, you know? he is. He's ve- he's a very cute man. That's actually the it's exact exactly right how word. Like, you he's not. It. It. It's not a hunk like Kiermaier. He's a cute man. Yes. Uh, in terms of uh, Kucher, there he's playing well. Uh, golf betting always a bit of a crapshoot. So uh, best of luck to you, especially <laughs> in head to heads. That's
0: Courier Chris out of the rest stop. In down Grimsby. on uh, down on the west coast, we got a saying that the stars and yachts go over five and a half. Steve Del Rey from Sutton, stars and yachts over five and a half.
1: Sutton a hamlet or it's too big, buddy? I grew up in Sutton. I know that's why I'm Sutton asking you. Sutton is the
0: um, most beloved place in.
1: I have family in Sutton.
0: You what? Yeah, we
1: never talked about this. I do. Yeah.
0: You probably know them.
1: I'm, it's possible. We'll discuss off air.
0: I didn't know this about yeah. you. No wonder we get along so well. I guess Sutton. Ah. Oh.
1: Wow, look at you. Beautiful. Ailish is just positively beaming right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ian, watching the Jays game last night, I couldn't help but think, what were you saying about two and a half hour games? I feel you, buddy. Bridges um over uh six and a half or twenty six and a half, lock it in. Whew, lots more here. Cody number. and St. Catharines. I like OG over 15 and a half points as well. He's like hit that. this number nine out of 11. And out of those he's missed, he had 15. He also hit two and a half three-pointers, nine out of 11 as an alternate pick. Okay, we're going big OG night, it sounds like, because Ron and Jules also have OG over two and a half three-pointers. Jules is taking Steph Curry over four and a half three-pointers. A couple more here. Neil in Newfoundland said his pick of Alcaraz hit, and he's going to go back to the well and, pit, and beat him. Pick him to beat Sinner in straight sets at plus money. Um, trust Neil, and Alcaraz is a good tennis player. <laughs> Corey Port Hope here. For my wake-and-rake pick, I'll take the Mariners. There we are, Mariners, one and a half on the uh, run line against Cleveland. That's it. So
1: should they not hit, not your fault. It's
0: my buddy from Port Hope's. Yes fault Robbie Ray against Hunter Gaddis for Cleveland who gave up 15 runs in seven innings pitch in the big leagues last year. I also like the Mariners over team total and final one. Uh, Jake and Scarborough likes Pirtle over rebounds for the Raptors. Lots going on there. Lots going on there. Okay. I think we got to go to OG. Yeah, that's the,
1: the overwhelming support. Even if I didn't agree, which mm-hmm. I do, but even if we if we didn't, we have to go with the people, and the people want an OG problem. So
0: do we want OG over threes, OG over points, OG over... This is mean. This is mean. I don't want to take the
1: over threes on any Raptor going mm. forward. After that beating they put on the rim earlier this week, uh, let's just go points. I like that okay, for Okay, so
0: we've got... Um, we also have over assists as well.
1: Ooh, I do. I kind of like that one more. One and a half was the number, right? Yes, I let's take a look two. here.
0: Um, make sure I'm seeing it the same in the, in the book here. Uh, I don't see that as an option in okay. where I'm betting. So I, I do see his over points, which yeah, is we that. had three picks for that. Let's do that. Okay, so, wow, what a great parlay we have here. Pascal Siakam over 21 and a half points. That's Gunner's pick. And OG over 15 and a half points. So you don't worry about them taking the ball from each mm-hmm. other. Both going to be able to score. Okay, good. And Mariners on the run line. All together our Wake and rate parlay plus seven fifty eight. It's a good one for your Friday Friday, your real Friday. Um let's put that in, lock that in. Appreciate all the texts. Let's uh read something here. Um Oh, you already read about the St. Louis Arch being dreadful tourist traps. Yeah,
1: yeah, I had to tell that guy.
0: Uh, all right. right um well, Let's uh, let's talk about that live thing because I thought mm. that was interesting. We're headed into a weekend, and next week you've got the you got the golf show tomorrow morning. You might address this then, but still tune in nine a.m. Right?
1: Yes, nine a.m. to ten in the fan, then get it wherever you get your pods afterwards. Uh, me and Sammy McKee, uh, he'll have to answer for his beloved live here. <laughs> so the story came out; all these guys got astronomical paydays to to join up. Mickelson's was upwards of one hundred and fifty million, I think. Brooks Kepka, he got a hundred, so he's the example that's being used here. It has been reported. That if a live golfer wants to break their contract, they could potentially have to pay a clause of two to four times the amount they were signed for. So, at the <laughs> absolute worst end of this, mm-hmm. should Brooks Kepka want to no longer be a live golfer, and he made some noise about maybe regretting his decision, mm-hmm. he would potentially have to pay, because he got 100 million bucks, a fine, a penalty, however you want to look at it, of million.
0: Are they locked in for life then?
1: So my understanding with that would be is they're locked in in the sense of they have to show up for live or they would risk breaking the contract. For I would imagine. So this is the thing. They have been very secretive about yes. these live contracts. Even there was some understanding or misunderstanding of is the money they get an upfront payment and any further winnings they get just get taken out of that. There is a lot of smokescreen going on with these live contracts. But as long as the live series is going to be a thing and I, you know, I imagine these guys have a timeline in the contracts, mm-hmm. but this is all very unknown and this would all go to court like every single thing involving live has. But man, uh, if you're a bro- Brooks Koepka, the idea of a $400 million penalty, who would have thought taking blood money would come with all these uh, consequences? They're who would have there thought? Forever. You're, you're here forever. My boy, Sammy McKee had a great tweet. He just tweeted the Simpsons picture of Homer. Uh, Don't forget you're here forever when he went back to the power plant to take the job because that is what's happening with, uh, with those guys. You're stuck. Good luck.
0: Oh, my God. Um... They're in the Masters. So all that. So this
1: is the thing. They're still able to go play mm-hmm. other events. It's just you got to show up when Live has an event. Now Live doesn't schedule things against majors or against Marquee events. So there is a world where potentially they could be Live guys, and there's a thawing, and the mm-hmm. PGA Tour allows them back in. But yeah, you got to show up for your 12. It started as eight. All of a sudden it's 12. Who knows if it's 16 next year? Uh, good luck to all those guys. That's I hope rough. you enjoy your blood money.
0: So you're gonna have a preview for some Masters tomorrow. A lot of Masters. Picks, a lot of masters What's your process in like prepping for this?
1: So I mean, my first process is watching an obscene amount of golf mm. at all That's points nice in time. It's though. a really, really nice process. And then you just you do some deep dives. You look at tournament history, you look mm. at recent form, you look at if you really want to get bogged down in it, strokes gain putting and approach. Yep. And you you really gotta find a mixture of positive form and stats that bode well and guys that have played there in the past and then this is the part nobody wants to hear and this is why I don't host a gambling show. It's a lot of gut feel. When, yeah. Especially when it comes to golf, there's just so many guys who could be in the mix that, mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, you, there's a few key statistics you'll you'll like to look at. We always say it's a second shot golf course. So you want to look at guys approach. That'll be a, a key one for me, but yeah, just uh, really get dived down, lost in the minutia. That's my process. It's Basically turned into Allen Allen uh, I said no originally, so I'm going to uh, switch. So I'm right uh, regardless. No, I think he will. I think it's going to be a rough weekend afterwards, mm-hmm. but I think he will, through sweat, guile, and sheer determination, He'll find a way. He will will himself the cut line to the cut. Yeah, and
0: then we'll then we'll see. We'll get there, just and then me, we'll see what happens. Give me
1: a moment where Tiger is just like makes a couple early birdies on Saturday, and it's oh Tiger Woods, and it will never amount to anything. But just give me five minutes of hope. That's what I want.
0: It's right. not a lot to ask for No, I, I need that in my life Just five minutes of hope <laughs> The motto of the show it's really not a lot. we lot talk to... about laser, sports laser
1: quest, laser quest in the CN Tower basement And a modicum of hope That's all we want on a Friday <laughs> Oh
0: boy, we've got Raptors Sixers tonight um, Final four for women's NCAA goes, we got LSU and Virginia Tech, Iowa and South Carolina need to see Iowa, South Carolina, that is appointment viewing tonight. Men's final four moves on Uh, Miami and UConn and FAU and San Diego State. That's tomorrow. Uh, UConn, the favorites right now to win minus 115, the entire, the big tourney. And then South Carolina minus 350 to win. Uh, They were favorites the entire time. This entire season is undefeated, so... Hey, we love a wire-to-wire winner. We do. We do. Uh, we've got Raptors tonight at the Sixers. Tomorrow you get the Blue Jays back in action. They have an off day today. Two fifteen is first pitch. Maple Leafs on the road against the Sens on a back-to-back against the Red Wings the next day. And the Raptors get a one o'clock start on Sunday. Oh, no, that's what that like is. Those. That
1: is old school Raptors. Right, 1 so that PM. used to be scheduled win. Teens come into Toronto, get banged They're up in on Charlotte, King Street. Too. Yeah, that's the difference. Is that that used to be guaranteed win at home on a Sunday? Teams get banged up on on King Street the night before, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the Raptors are winning when they shouldn't
0: have been. They're winning. at early mercy. Yes. <laughs> Citizen, look that place. I do. EFS does that still exist? I don't know. Anyway, we're too old for that.
1: I'm too old for a lot.
0: Sunday will be nice. Raptors at 1, Jays at 2.15, Leafs at 7. You get a little tiny break in there to watch the end of the Valero, Texas Open, which we have our picks And succession on Sunday and, night. And succession. Uh, Gunnar, thanks for coming on this week. I really appreciate it. Justin's back Monday. Did you have fun? I had a blast. He better be refreshed. This guy's he been up. He better be ready to bring it. Bring some takes. All right. You are in Costa Rica. I need to know about the Sloths. And what other creatures that grow? There's a lot
1: of wildlife over there.
0: And then we'll kick it off because we've got the march to the playoffs Go full
1: Toby from the office. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. Oh, yeah. That'd be bad. <laughs> Zip lining, right? A lot more me, <laughs> let me tell you.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks to Gunner. Thanks to Haley for her to uh, fill in last week and this week as well. We'll be back on Monday. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you then.
1: Mm, yum, 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 yum.